the size of that thing. I can't. It's too big. Sorry, sweetheart. I haven't got time for anything else. I know you wanna. I know you wanna. I know you wanna. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Just A Tip Podcast. I'm your host Georgette and as always I say this every time um, you can follow me at Coco underscore abroad on Twitter and you can follow the podcast at Just A Tip Pod on Twitter as well and keep getting involved with the conversations as you guys do. I actually enjoy when people are like oh my god your pod's so good because I'm like yay. Um, yeah so follow I mean not follow use the hashtag JTTPod um and yes also yesterday was international women's day so to all of the people that identify as women happy international women's day to all of you and i'm joined by an amazing woman today uh, um i'm actually gonna let you introduce yourself hi i'm Layla, or alternatively known as la 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 let me explain Worst name in the world, actually. But I actually really like it. I'm always complaining about it. It's such a mouthful. Like, wh- wh- when I go up to people, I'm like, oh, hi, I'm la, 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 let me... <laughs> I just don't think it sounds right. Where did it come yours from? Is, like, yours makes sense. Yours is snappy, like, just the tip. Yeah. It's quite obviously about sex. It didn't come from anywhere. I wasn't... There was no plan with any of this. Is it? I just sat down and wrote a blog one day, and then WordPress were like, what's the name of your blog? And I was just like, um... <sighs> My name's Layla. Yeah. Lala. Yeah. People have called me Lala all my life anyway. Yeah. So it was just Lala. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to be anonymous. So maybe Lala is too obvious. So I was like, La, La, La. That yeah. makes it less obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Added an extra yeah, line. No one that, knows yeah, what it's yeah, me. No yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And then let me explain is just because I kind of wanted to put my point of view about, yeah. you know, whatever, fuck boys, yeah. sex, life, everything that. in between. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Okay, so um, every guest that comes gets an icebreaker. Okay. So you've, yeah, so you've got two. One of them is, name a cartoon character that you found sexy. Oh, it's so obvious, isn't it? Who? Jessica Rabbit. <gasps> Someone She's else said the that only as well. One. Which other cartoon character is sexy? So I debated it. So I found, um, what was her name? Nani from- Nani? Lilo and Stitch, Lilo's oh, older sister. She's called Nani. Yeah. That's, well, that's why yeah. you found her sexy. <laughs> literally calling her Probably. a vagina. Probably. That's her name. No, but like, she was really curvy. And, and I think at that point, I was like, I haven't seen that in a Disney film. Yeah. So I was just like, she's, she's hot. He-Man's quite hot. Although his haircut's a bit weird. He-Man mm. and She-Ra. That's, oh, okay. that's my era. I'm, I'm like... 37. Are you? Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that at all. Really? Yeah, I'm so no. happy that you said that. Oh my gosh, yeah. Thanks. Not one <laughs> I was literally like trying to think, oh shit, I need some Botox. Like, <laughs> right But now you said that. I'm like, okay. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah. No, honestly. Uh, um, and I also found, okay, and then I also thought about um, Esmeralda. Who's that? From The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, you see, we're different Disney generations, oh. I think. I never watched that. No? Yeah. To be honest with you, this is going to sound really weird, yeah. but I kind of had a bit of a crush on Mufasa, even though he's a lion. And yeah, obviously that's fine. I don't, that's fine. I'm, like, bestiality is just <laughs> not, not it's like not my thing. <laughs> but there's just something sexy about him about and his him. voice. And it was more like, not sexy, but it was like, I wanted Mufasa to be my dad or my yeah. husband. Or like, yeah. so I still, I I still haven't got over his death. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, I'm, I still think about it every day. Like, then. honestly, so when the, the film comes out in July, 
I'm gonna be one of the adults crying. Oh, like, me I too. Can't this. I I, I'm, I'm crying this. just at the thought of it, like <laughs> coming out. Like maybe we should move on from this. Like, it's yeah. a bit hard for I'm, me. I'm, I'm definitely triggered. <laughs> um, and then your second icebreaker is, what's your worst type of fuckboy? Oh my god! If, if you had to pick one, what would be well, the worst? Well, you know that I put them all into categories. Yeah. So um, the well, oh, I mean they're all bad, <laughs> but. Um, there's obviously the misogynistic fuckboy. Yeah. I think the misogynist and the narcissist, they're, mm. they're usually two in the same, to be honest with yeah. you. But that they are the worst. It's the ones that dislike women. Yeah. And the ones that yesterday were banging on like, oh, why do we need a women's day? Every day's your day. Well, you know, those <laughs> types. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're, they're, not, good. they're no good in beds. They're not good people. <laughs> definitely not good people. Most definitely not. Um, and would you like a safe ride? Everyone gets a safe ride. Um, yeah, I might as well. God knows what you're gonna, what I might need it for. But what um, would you like it to be? do you know what? I need really need to remember to buy some parmesan on the way home. So it's gonna be parmesan. Yeah, it's got to be parmesan because if I forget, someone this parmesan, else had a food related one, and I was just like, <laughs> what? Like I think theirs was carbonara. It's like, <laughs> such a weird safe word. Like red. Like, what's yours? Um, it's red. That, that's a very common one, red. though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I use it in sex as well because I say no a lot. So like people are like, is that no, no, oh. or no, yes? Or yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yes. I'm like, red. And then I'm like, I need Keep a it simple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to say Parmesan in the bedroom. <laughs> but well, it depends. Like if food is your thing during sex. Yeah, it's really not. No, it's not. Have you ever done that? Uh, I mean like fruit. What kind which Say like strawberries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but not like a cheeseburger no oh no, no. Or like, but some people are really into that in yeah, that messy proper. shit aren't they like yeah. I watched this um, documentary it was like a Channel 4 thing set in a brothel and this guy had this fetish he bought in all these like tiramisu's and fucking blamanges <laughs> but it was like all savoury <laughs> stuff as well and the whole it was just, oh it was fucking gross what do you do everywhere. It, so wait when do you eat that like, I, don't, I during... don't know I think you just spread it all over the place and put it in their hair nah, to me I'd just be like oh my much. lashes and I <laughs> I, I like mess, but that's a different kind of mess. Like, I'm not... Bodily no, no, no. mess is different to, yeah. like, actual, like, fucking mozzarella, like, all over the... Bolognese all in yeah. your hair. <laughs> not cool. That's definitely... So, um, where where was I going to start with you? So, actually, I think it would be good if we started with your blog so, so mm. people can get an idea of the blog as well. And then we can talk about where the anti-fuckboy army came from. Yeah. And yeah, all of that. Um, we'll start there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I didn't, I never went into this with any kind of plan. Yeah. I've got a background in a, a range of different kind of fields. I started out working in sexual health and relationships and um, I've worked in HIV teams and then I've worked in prisons with cool. people with HIV, but also in other capacities. Um, and I've got a background, I've got a degree in social work. Um, oh, have you? Yeah, um, and have done lots of different stuff around healing toxic relationships. I yeah. worked around domestic violence. So I've got this big, long professional background, like a t nearly 20 year professional background of working with people, helping to change patterns of behavior, healing stuff from, you know, childhood mm -hmm. that then impacts on relationships with children and with, with self and with partners. And I've always been really good at that. Yeah. Like I'm good at my job or I was good at my job before I left it. Um, but I've always been really shit in my 
own life. Yeah. Um, people were all would always come to me for advice, like because I give really good advice. Never once did I apply it to my own self. life. I'm yeah. uh, like, what kind of dickhead? I'm like, <laughs> you got to do this, you got to do that, and then like, see you later, and then go home with some guy who. <laughs> didn't call me back three weeks ago, you know, like, yeah. so So it was always never taking my own advice and then ending up just in situation after situation, relationship after relationship that wasn't serving me well. Yeah. With men who might either be described as fuckboys or perhaps not described as fuckboys because they were probably quite honest with me from the start about yeah. what they wanted, but then because I had this need to be loved, yeah daddy issues whatever yeah. else so it was like this this i came to this point after uh, there was one particular it was like the final fuck boy he was like the straw that broke the camel's back and but he also got me back into writing again okay um yeah so it all just kind of culminated in me going what the fuck yeah. like i was 34 or whatever at the time and yeah i was just like what? it all it was like oh shit this is why i am like how i am and this is what I've got to do to change things. And mm. this, like, these people are a bunch of fucking assholes yeah. who I'm chasing after. And yeah. I'm so much better than this. Yeah. It all just kind of came on top and I was like, whoa. So I um, I decided to go celibate, which I'd never done before. Yeah. I'd always been somebody who is very much like, I have to have sex yeah. all the time in my life. But f actually I wasn't even having that great yeah. sex. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't sex that was for me. It was, it was sex that was for them, but actually I just wanted to be held after yeah. most of the time. Yeah. And so I would be saying, oh, come, you know, I'm wet, come see me, da, da, so I could have a fuck and then some attention, yeah. you know. Um, but again, I hadn't kind of clocked that that's what the behavior what that, was I, was, that yeah. I was, I hadn't, you know, if you'd have said to me then, I'd been telling you I have great sex, yeah. you know. It's only kind of re rewinding and taking the time to settle down and realize. So yeah, I, got, I decided to go celibate. And I, at the same time, decided I just wanted to put my words out because yeah. I've always been into writing anyway and I find it quite therapeutic. Mm -hmm. I always say to people, if you're struggling with anything, just write, write it down. down. Yeah. There's something really healing about it. So I, yeah, I did that. And then I sent it to my best friend and she was just like, fucking hell, you've got a bit of a talent, like a hidden <laughs> talent. I was like, really? She's like, I think you should put it out. I think people will like it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't really want people to know. Yeah. yeah which is why I stay anonymous, because it mm. it's, it's not that it's embarrassing, I'm not embarrassed about it, but also I just, I think you can be a lot more open if yeah. you're anonymous. So yeah, I did that, I put the blogs out, and started with just like zero followers. And I don't know how, but women just started picking up on it. They just mm. started picking up, and then people just like, shit, like, I really relate. Yeah. And it's just grown and yeah, grown. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing, like, you've, you've definitely touched on so many things that I wanted us to talk about anyway. But I think for a lot of, women there's this attraction to guys that are fuck boys mm. um or guys that are like considered a bad boy um because i know that I, that i've done it as well and i'm the same where i give the best advice i'm like nah i'm just like you know what if he does this to you then it means that this and if he does that then blah 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 but then i'd give all of that and my friends were like, oh my god Jeanette, thanks you're amazing and then i'm like oh my god cool great and then i go back and text like some fool like hey yeah. <laughs> Just checking how you are. You didn't respond <laughs> yeah. to my last four texts, but you know, I just yeah, like so. I'm I'm exactly uh, the same. That's so interesting because from listening to your podcast, I feel like you're somebody who really owns it. And I do now. Okay. Yeah, but I think for me, um, maybe I 
clocked onto it earlier. Like, I guess, like, I don't know. How old are you? 30. Right. Oh, you um, look amazing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but I know that during my early 20s, um, I was having sex for like, for so many reasons. And it was only when I was trying to plan this episode was I was I really thinking about why I was. Mm. Um, and it was a thing where a lot of the time I was having sex for attention. Yeah. Um, and very much for someone to just kind of give me a hug afterwards, and just like you as well. Um, like it wasn't ever really a pleasure thing until I really understood what I liked. Um, it was very much because I just thought he's gonna wanna have sex or I should automatically want yeah. to have sex at the same time. Um, sometimes I was having sex as a way of rebelling as well. Um, and my rebelling kind of came from rebelling from religion. Right. Um, what religion were you raised in? Christianity. Right. So I, I always went to church from like a very young age and I haven't ever really talked about sex and religion because it's such a, a deep topic. It is deep. And I think it's one of those things you've got to be a bit, tread a bit carefully yeah. to not offend. Yeah, but I also think exactly. it's such an important thing to think about mm -hmm. in terms of how yeah. we, we interpret sex. Yeah, yeah, which is why I haven't done it. But that isn't to say that um, the way that, oh God, the way that I was raised was very much sex is a sin. Mm. If you have any kind of desires, you're a bad person, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. So I, I kind of grew up with this very negative view of sex and of myself thinking everything that I do was attached to shame. Mm. So when I did kind of first have a guy like finger me, I was like, oh my God, like this is bad. But then I also wanted to keep doing it because I was being bad as well. Um, yeah, like it's a weird one, but it definitely made me think that I wasn't always having sex for myself. I was, I was having sex for so many reasons. Um, and even when I felt like I was kind of owning it, like I'm like, was I really, or was I just kind of putting on the front of owning it? Cause mm. at the end of the day, I still wanted to get some sort of attention from this guy that I liked. Even if this guy w was fully like, well, it isn't anything. And be like, oh, that's fine. I don't want a relationship. I don't want anything from you anyway. And then kind of going home and being like, man, I, I, I just wish that he'd be like, yeah, you know what? let's just try something. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I'm relating to people that are listening as well, um, but I do think it's something that a lot of women have gone through or are still going through now. Yeah, and I think it's it's so tied into the whole slut shaming yeah. thing and, and actually a lot of the choices that we make. So even if it's not religion, I think a lot, most people who grew up in religious families would have felt that you know yeah, shame around shame. sexual feelings and and things like that. But it's just a societal view as well, mm. particularly as women. You know, the world is set up to make us feel that we are not supposed to be enjoying sex yeah. and that we're not supposed to do it with lots of different people. We're supposed to be mothers and wives, and you can't. You know, mothers and wives doesn't go along with having you know wild sex on a saturday yeah. night um so we're we're boxed into this this is what women are supposed to be and it's only now i think this is one of the only positive things really actually about social media one of the few positive yeah. things is that we're now kind of all going hey but i feel like this, this too well, yeah. I, I like having my vagina licked and i'm single so i still might do it with some person who i'm not in a relationship yeah. you know we're all talking about it and going oh shit like yeah Same. cool like yeah. me too yeah, and yeah. you're a really nice person and you're not sinning and you haven't gone blind as a result <laughs> of masturbating and you know they used to tell women that um 
a kitten died every time she oh fingered herself. God. This was like genuinely what people believe. A kitten would die if you finger yourself. So people wouldn't do it. And then if there was a dead kitten on the road, they'd be yeah, like, Yeah, you'd oh. think, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, my yeah that's me. me. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like there's, I'm, I'm so glad that people are, are doing things to change the narrative, but there is still so much more that has to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was really therapeutic just there. Oh my gosh. That was really, really nice. Okay. Um, but you're brave and you've done really well and you've obviously you. broken through that. You know, yeah. the fact that you are putting out this podcast that I know really appeals to a lot of women yeah. uh, and it is just open and it is honest and it's real and it's mm. unashamed. And, and actually, given that you have broken out of that mold, yeah. I think that's really brave and you, you should be really proud of that. Thank you. It's, it, it's definitely been a journey. Um, cause I think I had it from, from my parents, from the church and, and I guess also from my friends unknowingly, because I think a lot of my friends were kind of at a point where they thought we're coming to an age now where we should be settling down and we should be finding our husbands, blah, blah, blah. And I was just a bit like, I hear that, but... I don't, I don't know if I really want that. So if I was just kind of dating someone very casually, my friends would be like, okay, that that's great. But like, now what? And I was like, I don't know, but like the sex is great. So, mm. so I'm happy with that. Um, but it's definitely not, not something that everyone understands. And I'm sure I've said it before, but I think one thing that I wish women would do, especially, is not shame other women mm. when they don't have the same ideals. Yeah. Um, so if there is a woman that is just like, you know what, I don't think marriage is for me. I don't really know if I want kids, blah, blah, blah. To not then be like, oh my gosh, all of you women that have sex openly and that talk about it openly, you're all this and you're all that. Because I'm just like... How are we ever going to get to a point of really supporting each other? I, I think a lot of it comes from a place of insecurity, though. Yeah. I think it comes from feeling maybe threatened. Because I know a lot of... So so it's a bit like how women slut shame girls who are on social media in, you know, mm -hmm. thongs or whatever else. And I think women who genuinely feel fantastic in their own skin don't look at that and go, oh, oh, yeah. put it away. Yeah. What are people going to think of you? I think a lot of women who are like offended by it are a bit like, oh, she's going to steal all the men. Yeah. And I can't, you know, yeah. like, uh, you yeah. know, they're not necessarily admitting that. that. Things. It's a bit like, I can't m measure up to this sexy body. So fuck her. Let Make everybody think she's a slag so that the yeah. men don't want her for the fact that she's a slag. Because if she's seen as a wonderful woman who's also looks like that naked, then what chance have I got? Mm. You know, I think some people yeah, feel threatened by it. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Like there's also the, the pick me girl um, yeah. who's like, again, you know, women should be like this, women should be like that because they want men to think. Oh my God, oh, yeah, wow. she's amazing. You yeah. see it all the time. Yeah. Like I'd never do that. I cook for my man every night. <laughs> Fuck off then, go cook for your man, you idiot. <laughs> It's so annoying. I get so I get so frustrated by that because I'm also like, you know what? Do you though? Yeah. Would you actually do that? Like, I'm not someone that would be like, oh my god, like my man would never have to worry because I'll be in that kitchen. I'm I'm not cooking for anybody. <laughs> like, I just about cook for myself. So if if I do cook for you, it's a big deal. <laughs> but don't expect me to kind of cook for you every night you came home. Like. 
I don't know how my mum did it for so long. She would literally go to work, come home, and then cook for all of her kids mm. and my dad. And I'd be like, that, that, see, that's me. I do cook. Like, I love cooking. When I was with my son's dad, I mean, I was doing literally doing three course meals every night. I don't know what inspired me, but I put on like four God. stone during that relationship. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like, so when we split up, I was like rolling down the road. Like, Where's all the men? <laughs> no one's looking at me. But um, no, I mean, I, I do I do cook a lot, but I don't go on the internet going, and, and so, this yeah. is why I'm valuable because yeah. I, I can cook a mac and cheese. And, you know, like that's not what makes yeah. me valuable. And if that's what attracts you to me, then... I don't yeah. want it. Like it's, it's 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 weird. Like women should should try to drop that out because I feel like everyone can see through that. Mm. Um, yeah. So maybe that's like one bit of advice. Just stop trying. Yeah. To be don't a be a pick me yeah, girl. Don't. don't be a pick me girl. It's it's girls who who are like you know when they say oh, I'm not like other girls. Well, why aren't you like other? Mm. You should be like other girls mm. because our, women are amazing. Yeah. We real. are beautiful and for and real. the thing you know we're all completely unique and we're not like each other. We're all completely different, but yeah. there are certain qualities that kind of draw women together and and separate them from men. So for you to be so, I'm not like other women, what what are you trying to say? Yeah. And actually a lot of the time, I think that comes from misogyny. Yeah. So a lot of the time when they're saying, I'm not like other women, they're trying to say, I'm not gonna moan, I'm not gonna give you a headache, I'm mm. not gonna, you know. Well actually if he need, if he deserves a fucking headache, if he's misbehaving, <laughs> it's getting a headache. It's getting a fucking headache. Because like I'm I'm so I'm very easygoing and I've said it before, like if I'm in a relationship, we're both gonna have a chill time. However, if you do something which to me is mad, mm. I'm gonna act mad and be like, I need you to explain to me exactly. why you felt and this was accepted. Yeah. And why should you not? Like, I'm not gonna be someone that is just like, oh, okay, cool, fine, whatever. Like, I'm not gonna act blind to it when I can fully see that it's a clear disrespect. Yeah, and if you leave something and you don't raise it, then it just becomes a bigger thing or it's something that keeps getting repeated. It's yeah. about how you raise things. You don't have to, nothing, not everything has to turn into an argument. Yeah, you can communicate with your partner actually what you did there or the fact that you just followed five random women on Instagram is kind of upset. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling a bit weird about this, yeah. babe. Like, doesn't have to be, why are you following these yeah, chicks? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you get, there's ways of of raising something in a relationship yeah. but a lot of these pick me girls kind of come with that attitude of like well I'm just not going to raise it because I'm not like other girls I don't I don't get upset about things like Instagram well do you but don't don't put yourself above yeah, place yourself above other women yeah. you know I yeah. just I, I, and I think that that's part of misogyny is that they want us to dislike each other mm. they want us to they want to pit us against other women because it's divide and conquer yeah. you know the, the men have more power if, if we're all fucking fighting amongst each ourselves other, yeah yeah but in a positive light, one thing that I will say that I love that women do, and I think I put it out on Twitter maybe yesterday, is I love when I'm out and then I'm in a toilet with a random girl and she's like, babe, that dress. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, that highlighter. Like you don't know each other from Adam, but something happens when you, when you go in the toilets together. Oh. It is. It's a weird, like it's a magical place, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's, yeah, and I, I mean, I love women. I adore women. I really do. There's just a certain subset section, of them, yeah, and actually, yeah. I don't even hate them because it's internalized misogyny, yeah. and and I want them to come and join on board and be happier with themselves yeah. and not be doing everything for the male gaze or doing everything for male validation and approval. Like, so I don't hate them. I mm -hmm. just hate that attitude and I and you know but yeah I think women are, are brilliant and wonderful and yeah. I appreciate them very much Same. I was feeling loads of love yesterday on International yeah. Women's Day it was really really nice it was very nice um 
I'm gonna take it back a bit to fuckboys. Mm. Can can we hear like a fuckboy scenario or a fuckboy situation that that you've been in? Because I was thinking about mine, and I think I've encountered two types of fuckboys: fraud boys. <laughs> I don't know. They're part of the roadman category. <laughs> They're yeah. part of the roadman fuckboy category. The fraud boys, and and then I've had like the trapper. They're, they're also part of the roadman fuckboy. So that was my whole thing. I so think yeah. I, I just liked I think I'm learning a lot men. about you now, yeah. Yeah, I liked roadman. So like when I was in uni, that's when I encountered a lot of fraud boys and I was just like, what the hell is this thing? But I, I think also I was a very different person then. So money just kind of been thrown around. I was just mm. like, what yeah. is this? Yeah. He took me to this place and like, like it was a thing. Um, and then I kind of got out of that and I was, I was like, this is fucking ridiculous because it's not actually your money. Mm. So, But I think what the thing, it's not actually even necessarily money that makes a man attractive. And I, I don't think women should have to lie about this. I, th- I think for years women have been shamed for finding money attractive because yeah. there's been this whole gold digger narrative. And where that kind of even stems from, you know, back in the day... We, we were restricted. We weren't able to earn, you yeah. know, like we had, we did have to rely on men, yeah. you know, in 1932, you weren't able to go out and vote. You weren't yeah. able to go out and, and do all of these things. You relied on a man to be able to keep a family. And so, you know, we, we were drawn to somebody who would be able to look after us and look after our babies. Um, and so that has kind of, you know, money in the alpha male has, has always gone hand in hand. Know, the man yeah. that you would have picked would have been, the one who's going to give you the, the best life because you couldn't give that to yourself. Um, and so even now, you know, there is a gender pay gap. Mm. People don't like to admit it. Mm. There is. We are likely to earn less, less. than our male colleagues yeah. doing the same job. Google it, research it. Like, I'm saying that because I get a lot of men going, no, it's not, that's not true. Well, it is true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, we, so even, obviously the pay gap is closing, but even up until now, women have had to if they want to settle down and have children, it's important to have somebody who's going to be able to, to, to make your family. And yeah. there's, there's no sh- shame in that really. There shouldn't be any shame in that. But I think what goes hand in hand with the whole man and money thing is that money gives them confidence because mm. they've always been taught that women like, a, you know, to snag a wife, you have you to be to the one who's the earning money, the most. Yeah. So that's been passed down generationally. And so, yeah, so we, we, we give these men confidence oh you got money so then they develop this swag this like mm. uh, this kind of like sexy arrogance and they obviously smell good and they dress yeah. good and they've got a nice car and all the trappings that go with it so yeah there's just a whole sexiness around it which is not even necessarily us going i simply want you because you've got two grand in your pocket yeah. it's not that it's the whole the, like yeah. mm, that goes along yeah. with it which when i think about it I used to find arrogance really attractive. Mm. Like there was just something, whatever that movement means, there was just something about a guy that was arrogant. I'd be like, but then I wonder if I kind of saw them as a challenge. Not that I'm arrogant, but but almost just like, I, yeah, I it's can a break bit like that, that. Like, because what? yeah, like yeah. he loves himself so much. Yeah. So if he wants me, wow, well, yeah, you know that that yeah. really validates me, and that's you know I wouldn't I wouldn't touch a roadman now, but I'm the same as you. I've yeah. I've had a history, especially in my younger days, um, with, with dating roadmen. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and it is that kind of when when you are younger, it does come with a bit of clout. It does come with a bit of status. Yeah. People know who they are, and you're young and you're naive, and you think 
oh well this my man's this guy so you can't touch me you know yeah. it comes with yeah, that like i'm untouchable which you know, oh if God. you're still like it's that in, after 25, yeah. then you've got some real things mm. that you need to deal with. But before 25, there is just, you're, you're, you thing. don't know who you are. Yeah. You're still get you know gathering up like life experience yeah. and figuring out what you want and and where you stand. And so so yeah, like from 16 to 24 is the kind of like semi acceptable. It's yeah. never acceptable to fuck a Roman on a date or a Roman <laughs> or whatever, but they're the kind of reasons behind it where yeah. you still, you know. Because I think, like, a lot of girls that, that would get into arguments, that was their go-to. Do you know who my man is? Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know who my man is? Like, you're talking to me like that. And then like, people are like, nah, like, who's your man? And then you say, like, P oh. money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? And then P man, they like, no, fuck off. Like... No. And everyone's like, oh, rah. But can you You're bring hit- P money home to your mum? <laughs> no. Your mum's going to have a fucking heart attack. Like, can't do it. Dying. Have a child with oh him. My <laughs> Little P money. Like, young, young P money. Young P money. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Young P change, man. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even have money. He had change in his pocket. <laughs> oh, that is so jerks. But yeah, that was, that was definitely something that I, I had a period of, of time of, of going through. But they're not stable and they're not solid. Yeah. So that type of fuckboy is always, you know, they come with so many risks. I talk about the roadman fuckboy. There's three different levels to yeah. them. You've got the little ones like that who is, you know, selling a bit of weeds, Stone Island jacket, mm. their phone's always ringing. They might be shining a bit of crack around the estate or whatever. That's your really low level roadman. And just, I don't know why anyone, I mean, yeah, probably when I was sixteen. Again, they they have a little bit of status because mm. your kids like, and you're still maybe at school, like or at, like just starting college, and yeah. they're the ones who everyone can get weed off. So again, there's still a bit of a like, yeah, I know him. He gave yeah, me a tendril, yeah. like, <laughs> and I let him finger me for a tendril. Like, what is life? <laughs> but um, yeah, then you have your mid-level one who's doing the deets and frauds yeah. and who might be able to rent a penthouse and who's always sitting like that, you know, feet with up the, to show his lubes. Do you know what I hate? Even to this day, when I see that, I get so annoyed because I'm like, you know what? You <laughs> didn't so need to somehow lay on the floor with your feet up, <laughs> with your boy taking a picture. Or I tell you, another, oh guys, no disrespect yeah. But I hate the pictures where where you act like you don't know the pictures being taken. Do you know? Do, do you know like, the pictures that I hate the most? I, I I literally there's two two pictures that I see which I'm just like no. It's the one where they're always either at Ocean Beach Ibiza or in Dubai, <laughs> and they've all got their their topless with their swimming shorts on, and they've all got their man bags across their chest <laughs> and the sunglasses. Or they're in a rave in a club and someone's holding a bottle of Grey Goose and they've yeah. all got their Gucci belts on, and yeah. they're all pointing at each yeah. other. Why are, you all po- <laughs> why are you all pointing at each other? We don't do this. We don't get it's into pictures. Why? Is it, why? It's what weird. are you pointing at? Why are you so awkward in yourself that you're like, okay, pick coming. Oh, hang on, let me get my yeah, finger yeah, out. Yeah, like, it's like, so, yeah. so bizarre. But yeah, then so you've got that mid mid range road, man. Mm-hmm. And they seem exciting because they've got the designers and the cars and they can rent this, but they can't, you can't have a mortgage with them because they're not fucking legit. Like you can't have stability with them. And then you've got your higher level road men who are the ones who were probably at one of the lower tiers, but have managed to put their money into a business yeah. of some sort, often a mechanic or, you know, a barber shop or whatever. So then they do that and then so they are legit. Yeah. Um, but those ones tend to the kind of real boss ones that I know, the 
the graduated road men tends to have always had one woman who they've been with from day and yeah. she had their couple of kids with them they've been together since they were like 18 the yeah, man's like 40 yeah. now and he ain't leaving her yeah. he might be fucking elsewhere but he ain't leaving her so i just think the longevity and the long-term planning with a road man is just nil yeah the risks are too high mm. you might get raided you might get oh you know just pulled up by the police just anything and, and like i don't want to feel like one day i can call you and then you don't answer and, and then someone's like oh yeah man he got picked up and he's in pen and did it because yeah. i'm just like being a jail bride is not fun <laughs> i did it for a few years you did as well. it's a fucking nightmare yeah. it's horrible oh, well, who yeah, would nah, want to nah, choose that nah. it's like you're imprisoning yourself yeah. when you haven't done anything wrong like. yeah nah horrible lifestyle so, rubbish terrible that's, that's definitely not worst phase of my life like no. i always used to say i am neither ride nor die no or anyone <laughs> <laughs> i can't do it no way I why can't would you want it? to yeah, no. but you know i do still have a uh what's the word penchant yes <laughs> for 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 them like i you know if i was to walk out here today and see a very sexy man with tattoos all over his neck and he was to come up and smile at me and yeah. whatever i would find i would be like <laughs> <laughs> But I would no, know, like, yeah. I'm just kidding. I couldn't go there. I'm too, I'm too grown up for that now. Oh, you know what? Women, we all do it. And yeah. We've all been through it. So this is literally just brands. It's but part it's, of the learning process. Yeah, honestly. For real, for real. Um, I think maybe we might go into sex ed, especially because you were telling me that you were a sex educator. Yeah, I'm yeah. qualified. Um. <clears throat> so I don't think I've, I've talked about it on the pod before, but I've had a, a lot of conversations with people um, about what the right age is to educate children about sex. And I don't think there is a right age, but I do feel the younger, the better. Um, and most people that have argued against that have been very much like, yeah, but you can't really tell kids about sex. They're too young. Like let, let kids be kids mm. and I'm just like you can still let a child be a child but you can prepare them because they're gonna grow when like, you also that whole thing is like let kids be kids and I totally agree with that and let kids be kids in the sense that you should be like I was realizing the other day I, I was playing either capital or extra in my car or sometimes even LBC yeah. so I've, I've moved on to yeah. that now <laughs> Grun. I'm like yeah I listen to talk radio so I was listening to that in, in the car with my son and and capital extra was actually starting to upset me because I was realizing how they spoke about women um mm. in a lot of the songs and how it was all quite sexualized even though he's not going to pick up on it because he's seven Okay. But I thought this is feeding into these kind of messages and then LBC is just stabbings and yeah. Shamima Begum and what are we gonna do about this? And and I thought actually this is quite heavy and I'm I found this on, on the digital radio, this radio station called Fun Kids. And they're just like, oh my God, it's fucking doing my nut. But the music is like, grandpa and grandma going down the road. And he's fucking loving it, mate. I'm like, oh, like, oh this is so shit. Mixed, mixed with Gangnam style and like baby shark. Baby did, 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 did. shark. And he's like, yeah, mum, put on fun kids again. And I thought, actually, you know, I was, that's what I mean by letting kids, kids be, be kids. kids yeah. Actually let them be kids. Stop trying to raise them and dress them like like li little men. Yeah. And say, oh, well, that's his girlfriend. Is that your girlfriend? Yeah. You don't need to do all that. Um, let them have pure childhoods. Don't have toxic relationships around them. Don't be arguing with their dad continuously every fucking day. Yeah. Let them be children. But, you know, at the same time, um, 
we can't at what point do you suddenly go oh this is the age now so you've shielded them yeah. completely they don't know what a vagina is or a penis is apart from you wee out of it and what they get to 16 and we suddenly go do 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 <laughs> right now we've got some things to tell you <laughs> This is a hole and this is what goes, you know, we can't yeah. do that. But it's not, first of all, it's not realistic. Mm. Um, and and actually, I think it would be more frightening for for, yeah. for them. Um, but se- second of all, the, there shouldn't be shame and stigma around sex and around bodies. Yeah. Um, and, the, the, you know, a vagina is a vagina and yeah, a penis is a penis. Yeah. Like, we teach them what an elbow is. We teach them what a big toe exactly. is. Why is your vagina any different? Exactly. And just because you say this is a vagina and this is where babies come from and all of that, which actually is a really important concept. Self-identity is so important. If you're teaching a child, this is where your ancestors came from. Mm. This is how you came about. This is why my family lives in this country now yeah, because this is your real. history then how am I going through all that history without going actually that this is how you were created mm. this is how you came about I'm not going to tell you it was a stalk I'm not going to tell you Jesus just, just dropped you off on the fucking doorstep like it's not <gasps> realistic and so my view is always that also in, in terms of safeguarding yeah. because there are sinister adults out there and there are sinister children out there mm-hmm. like older children who might expose them to things it is so important knowledge is power mm-hmm. education is power and the more knowledge and education that we give our children the safer that they're going to be in terms of sinister adults and sinister children it means that they have the language to come back to us and say this person tried to touch my vagina yeah. um and, and they're not embarrassed to say to that say it, yeah. um and yeah, because I've done police interviews like a number of times with children. Um, it's called an ABE interview. Um, and very often the, the most difficult thing for them is to name it. Yeah, and yeah. to, you know, it's very difficult for children to talk about sexual abuse, especially with two strangers, yeah. a police officer and whatever sitting in the room. Um, and it's, yeah, so, so, but the children who were most able to, give really good evidence and really good accounts with children who were already comfortable with their bodies and who'd been given the, the language uh, to speak a, about yeah. that kind of thing. So it's all about being age appropriate. Five-year-olds don't need to know about anal sex. Yeah, no, no. But if a seven-year-old comes to you and says, mummy, what is anal sex? You don't just go, oh my no, God, yeah, no. never say you hear that from? Yeah. No, that's awful. Well, I would yeah. ask who you heard that okay, from. Okay, yeah, but like... But but have that conversation with mm. them because I um, like I remember when um that song I'm honey honey yeah. I remember singing that as a kid and my mom was like you don't sing that and I was like why like yeah. I don't know what it means but the song bangs and I'm yeah. just like I'm honey <laughs> yeah so like even things like that and we we never had that conversation of okay you know what this is what it means to be sexually aroused yeah like we didn't have that mm-hmm. so that's why I I, I do feel like those conversations should be happening with kids because kids are so inquisitive anyway. Kids are gonna say, where do yeah. babies come from? Yeah. And that is like an, an opening to have an age appropriate conversation. Yes, exactly. Of how this child that you're talking to mm-hmm. came to life. Exactly. So, and you don't have to be like, well, we started off in doggy style and then it came all <laughs> over my back and I didn't think it was gonna make me pregnant. Like, don't have yeah. to have that conversation. It is talking about love and talking about making love yeah. and helping them to understand about consent because yeah. actually those conversations start really early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just it doesn't even have to be about sex necessarily when you're talking about consent. Yeah. It could be 
personal space and yeah. not going up to somebody and just assuming that you can grab their hand or touch yeah. their shoulder or whatever. Yeah, for real. Have those conversations and then age appropriately lead into what you need to. If you're, if my, if my child came home and said, "What is a blowjob?" First of all, I want to know why you're asking that yeah. question. But nine times out of ten, it's because there's a child in the school who's got a fourteen-year-old brother, brother or sister, yeah, and they've heard them talking about that. Now, for me to say don't ever utter those words again, keep that out of my home. Well, he's going to go back to that kid and go, what, what is a blowjob? Yeah. Who's to say someone's not going to go, let me show you, yeah. let me teach you, let me do that with you. Everyone does it, come on. Like, the only reason your mum didn't tell you is because, because like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's such a great thing. No, so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, stick it in and out, get it all sloppy. What I'm going to say is, Sometimes when two people really love each other and they're grown-ups, it's only a thing that grown-ups grown are allowed to do, yeah. a bit like smoking or mm. drinking alcohol or whatever, but they might really love each other and um, want to kiss each other's bodies because, yeah. and, and only if it feels nice to both of them. Mm. That's as far as you need to go mm. with a seven-year-old who's yeah. asking you that question. Don't need to introduce that concept randomly, but when yeah. they ask you the question, answer it. Um, and, and then obviously those concepts can progress as 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 they get older and i want a teenager who is comfortable yeah, talking real. to me about sex i really do because i don't want them to go on a journey of self-discovery like i did uh, and you know yeah. it's not it's not the best way to do yeah. it so and, and i it's awkward talking to your parents about sex but i think the, the earlier that you start having those conversations then the you know the more comfortable they're going to be yeah. and it absolutely should be in schools because there's a lot of children whose parents don't teach them about those things because they're because their dad is raping them every yeah. night. And if that kid goes into school and hears this is only supposed to be happening between two consenting adults who are not related to each other, that kid suddenly goes, oh. There's a lot of children that didn't yeah. know they were being sexually abused, abused until they had sexual education at school. Like I, um, so before I worked in PR, I worked as a social worker for four years. Um, and that was a very, a very opening four years because I think as much as I knew things were happening, like it, it wasn't in my face. Mm. So when I'm I'm having to work with kids who at like 17 are still trying to understand why their dad who's now in prison was doing things to them mm. that they thought, well, why did my dad do that? So there was um, a girl that I worked with in particular um, who had a disability and she just couldn't understand why we took her dad from her. Mm. She she didn't get it. Um, and it was a thing where her dad had abused her sister, but it wasn't clear whether he had abused her, but we felt, well, you know, if it had happened to the sister, then there's a chance mm. it, it, it happened um, to her as well. Um, and it's like, the older she got, we were still having these conversations of, the abuse in the home and why she wasn't allowed to talk to her dad. And it was, it was even for me as an adult, it was a lot because it wasn't something that I had ever encountered before. Mm. So I learned a lot from that, but like, I was also thinking this poor girl, like mm. this, this is her first understanding of sex and, yeah. and, and intimacy in, yeah. in such an awful way that she still doesn't really have a proper understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, like it's all And that's not. the thing, and I mean, disabled children are so disadvantaged because we don't, you know, especially if they, they go to a, a specialist school, yeah. we don't have those conversations. We don't expose them to that um, because we other them. We kind yeah. of go, oh, well, they're not going to have a sex life yet. And, yeah, and when they yeah. do, their parents will probably be in control of that, you know, sort of undateables style. Yeah. And actually, that's not realistic. And actually, disabled children are far more vulnerable to sexual abuse um, that, than able-bodied children, mm-hmm. which is really sad and, and scary, but kind of obvious why why they're more vulnerable um but we need to be having those conversations yeah. age appropriately understanding le- on the right understanding level but they they have to they have to be happening yeah. and i think that's why a lot of people are so blown away about the michael jackson thing because they're yeah. not people don't have these open conversations about sex yeah. and about grooming and sexual abuse and all the things that we need to be helping our children to understand from a really young age. Look Mm. at the Michael Jackson documentary. Look at the really insidious, slow, subtle grooming that took place Mm. and that will enable you to protect your children in the future and help you to, I wouldn't suggest children watching that documentary, but helping them to understand that actually really nice people can hurt you and these are the parts of your body that you want to touch or that you can touch yourself and actually I think self-pleasure should be encouraged again don't need to tell your four-year-old to masturbate but if you catch your child touching themselves or whatever don't demonize them for yeah. it help them to understand there are pleasure points all over your body yeah. and that's fine but you do that privately on your own yeah. don't ever let in you know not don't ever let anybody but you know introducing concepts about consent about your body about safe touching on what you like and what mm. you don't and who who can be involved in that and who can't but yeah absolutely should be in schools yeah. and these people who are like oh don't teach them about gay people it's like fuck off like, like you can't talk about sex and not talk about sexuality like what <laughs> oh it's, 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 it's very just, frustrating it's, it's so it's, frustrating. It's, it's frustrating like it's as if these people genuinely believe uh, there was one school where the parents started actually taking their kids out of the school to the point where the kids, the, the school had to just take it off the curriculum, which I think is so wow. sad and so naive that these parents think that the school are genuinely going to be going, well, when men have sex, this mm. is what they do. And when women, they're not going to be doing that. They're, they're simply going to be saying, whoever you're sexually attracted to, that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. And you shouldn't, because how, how many people end up with mental health and depression yeah. because they've had to come out the closet? Mm. How many years later they've got into marriages to please their family yeah. when actually they they don't find their wife attractive yeah. or their husband, you know? So I think that we need to start changing things and being far more tolerant and open and less weird about sex yeah. and sexuality. Most and definitely. You're helping people to do that, you know, people like you. And um, you. Oh, thanks. And, you. Uh, and and all the other people who are being honest and open and real now. But there's a big battle to fight. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, pages that I find really difficult to follow on Insta because everyone in the comments are just like, oh, yeah. like, anti-trans, anti-gay, anti-sex, anti-reality. Yeah. You know? Mm. And I think even um, <clears throat> as as adults, I, I think it's important for us to almost go back to our parents and have the conversations that we wish that we did have. Because mm. um, I know that when I was, I was growing up, my first conversation about sex, well, the birds and the bees, thanks mum, <laughs> was when I started my period. Um, and then we didn't talk about sex again until I was about... 20. Does she know about the podcast? Yeah. Does she listen to it? No. <laughs> Hell no. Um, yeah, so we talked about the pod uh, when I went home for Christmas, actually, because I hadn't told her, and we are very open, so mm. I kind of felt like, 
why am I keeping this part away from her? Um, so I did tell her, but I think even the way that I told her was less, oh my God, mom, I talk about how to give great head. Like obviously <laughs> my mom doesn't want to know that, but I did say it is a very sexually focused conversation that I'm having with people because I feel like conversations of sex just didn't happen. Mm. And then we kind of talked about the, the conversations that we did and didn't have. And for her, it was a case of for her, when she was growing up, you don't talk about sex. Mm. How, how old is your mom? My mom is fifth. Oh damn it, mom's fifty-four. Mm. So for her whole childhood, for someone that was born in England and they went back to Nigeria, her Nigerian friends weren't talking about sex. Are you crazy? Like, mm. like it wasn't ever going to happen. So for my mom, that's that's just what she knew it's it's not a conversation that you have openly with your kids like we're not age mates mm-hmm. um so even for her my mum could see the importance of why those conversations need to happen now because there's a lot of things that, that people just feel a bit too embarrassed mm. to talk about so i would definitely say if it's <coughs> um a conversation that you can have with a parent you definitely should still it's not something that me and my dad have talked about mm. um but I think for me, that's more a respect thing. Like I know the conversations that my mum can handle and the ones that my dad is yeah. can't. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I, I feel that. But I think if you look at places like Scandinavian countries and the Netherlands in particular, the rates of um, teenage sexually transmitted infections and teenage pregnancy are so low. Yeah. And that is because they are really free and open about yeah. sex. They, they, sex is not a taboo whatsoever. I remember when I first went out to Amsterdam, and there was like a sex show thing, like big massive pictures and everything just on the high street. And there was like a little, like a Dutch family um, and kids there. And I was thinking, oh my God, like these kids are gonna be seeing these pictures. Oh, yeah, and mm. um, and they, they just don't bat an eyelid because it's just sex is sex, yeah. you know? And because they're so open and, and able to communicate about it, they, they stay safer yeah. because they know how to access information about what the risks are. They know how to access condoms. They know how to access clinics. You know, we have to get to that level where it's just like sex, yeah. you know? Even that, like going to um, um, to a clinic, like I used to book my appointments so early to like, oh, I don't want anyone to see me. I don't want anyone to know that I'm going. When it, in like um, reality, that's what I should be doing. Mm. Like, regardless, I I would rather go there and see all of my friends there and be like, all right, at least I know that we're all being safe mm. than not see anyone and think like, is, like, is anyone actually going to get checked out or are they all still too embarrassed? Like, th- there isn't anything that you're gonna tell a sexual health practitioner that they haven't heard or exactly exactly and 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 that's and and it's actually it's 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 killing women because the rates of people going for their smears are really declining and a lot of that is to do with um lots of stuff i think on social media and the internet which is like vulva shaming and making women feel I don't look right and I don't smell right and I'm embarrassed, you know, I can't sit with my legs akimbo. Um, you know, yet you'll let fucking dingy roadman fuckboy <laughs> pee money finger Dude, you in yeah. the back of his range. Um, but you won't go and visit, a, you know, a sexual health clinic or uh, go for your smear test because you're so deeply embarrassed about what your vagina looks like. Um, 
and that and that is incredibly fucked up and again so if we start from sex education really yeah. young because that's part of the problem is that you know boys their dick is there it's out they know what it looks like no surprises yeah. they're familiar with it from day one most women haven't actually looked looked at yeah. it some grown women haven't and never but a lot of don't don't into their kind of like in their 20s and you yeah. get a mirror and you're like oh, that's wow. what it is yeah this, this, and, this and, and that's place. why women are, are often not having good enough sex because if you can't even identify what your own vagina and vulva and everything looks like and where the clit is and what the difference is between all of those things yeah. we should be comfortable with those things we should know our bodies and be so matter of fact about it that when it comes to getting a smear test or comes to getting a sexual health check we're just like yeah cool yeah, um, <laughs> and when it comes to having sex with men we understand what is good touching and, and bad touching. And I mean that even as a kind of 20 year old woman or yeah. 16, 17, losing your virginity. Um, you, you know, we, I think a lot of us would have had made better choices and, and had more pleasurable sex if we understood our own bodies much 100%. better and we weren't so embarrassed and shamed about this yeah. weird, mysterious thing between our legs. Mm. Like, because, like, like, I was just thinking that even for me, I've. I was thinking about a time where I was having sex um, with an ex actually, and it was so uncomfortable, but because I hadn't really explored it, I, I couldn't understand why it was uncomfortable for me or what I needed to tell him to do so it was less uncomfortable. And I just kind of firmed it, mm. which I would never do now, mm -hmm. like never in a million years. Um, but it's, it's all part of knowing your body and what kind of touch you do like as you said yeah like it's it's so it's so important um and to kind of go into another topic it's like i feel like with this whole like i don't want to call it a movement because i do think it's it's important that women orgasm when they have sex but i do feel like now there's this huge pressure mm. that women have to orgasm yeah um and and as much as i'm i'm always just like oh enjoying an orgasm and things of that nature i do still think am i putting pressure on women to think well i was listening to just the tip and they were talking about orgasm and, and, and blah 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 and i haven't experienced that because what i would hate is for a woman to almost forget about all of the actual fun and mm. the pleasure that they were having during sex because all they're thinking is, I have to orgasm. Ha like, but I, I also think if you're thinking, I have to orgasm, I have to orgasm, you're far less likely to. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and, and actually I think for both parties, both men and women, it shouldn't be about the end goal. It shouldn't necessarily be about ejaculation or climax. It should be about how wonderful it feels yeah. on, on the way there. And it shouldn't just be about penis and vagina. I don't know if you listen to my podcast with the sex doctor, where she introduced me to this kind of concept which had never like occurred to me before. And now I'm like, this is so fucking obvious, but we privilege penis and vagina sex as being sex. Like if I said to you, how many people have you had sex with? You're probably only gonna tell me the people that you have yeah. had have so put their it. dick in you. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna tell me people who've just had oral sex with yeah. or who've just fingered you. But actually, why are we privileging penis and vagina sex as being the only sex when oral sex is sex, yeah. touching is sex? Um, you know, a lesbian has not never had sex just because she's never had a, a penis inside yeah. her. She's not a virgin. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah, had sex. Um, and so for us to privilege that as being 
um, the only type of sex is kind of what encourages us to feel like, you know, it has to be boom, 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 come, done. Yeah. When actually the rest of it shouldn't just be foreplay. If we start to look at the rest of it as being sex, then there isn't that pressure on yeah. necessarily coming. It's just about exploring each other's bodies. It's about having a good time. Um, so, so I think that we have to take away a sex, sex is sexual contact. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we um, start to think of it like that, then maybe people will take less of that pressure off it just being yeah. about straight fucking. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is problematic because I think a lot of women think that they're somehow broken um, yeah. or that they're never going to have an orgasm. So they kind of don't bother. Yeah. Um, and that as long as they've had, you know, a bit of foreplay that's felt nice, then they will just kind of lay back and let him come, which is fair enough if that's what you want. But um yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of confusion around around female sex. And as you kind of referred to earlier as well, it's like sometimes sex is even uncomfortable. I get yeah. a lot of messages from women who are like, doggy actually hurts me yeah. or it hurts me when I'm on top, but but I carry on because that's what they want to well, do. Yeah. So I just think we've got to get much better at understanding that it's really about pleasure, but pleasure doesn't have to come from an orgasm. Yeah, because like... Even if I think about some of the best sexual experiences that I've, I've had, the penetration has been great, but it's like everything before that has just been so just fun. Mm. And I felt like there's been a lot of attention paid to me. So like I know that when I'm having sex, if if a guy pays attention to me, I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Because I don't have to say anything. Even if I do, like it's not an, an issue, but I feel like your your whole your whole body your whole energy is right here. Yeah. You're not thinking about anything else or thinking, yeah, like I just wanted to come, blah blah blah. Which is why I can get so annoyed if I have sex with a guy and the first thing that he, the first question he will ask me after he's come is, "Did you come?" Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm like an, an afterthought, like, "Oh shit, yeah, like you're here as well." Yeah. Like so things like that irritate me because I'm like. If you have to ask me, then you know that I didn't. But a lot of them are, are raised on porn and are led to believe that um, that we, you know, that's what we want. We just want to be banged with a penis. Yeah. They, 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 they believe that how you get a woman off is you have a fourteen-minute blowjob, and then you might finger her a little bit, lick, lick it a little bit, and then bang, bang, really fucking yeah. hard from behind. That's what they think we want. I, and I've done a podcast with a few people, um, Taser Black and Steve-O. Well, Steve-O kind of seemed a bit more like he knew. What was, but Taser was just like, are you for real? Like women are faking orgasms like yeah. continuously out here. And like, you know, um, yeah. And I, I really genuinely think they don't understand much about the work inner workings of a vagina or, yeah. or of individual women. And I think some of it comes back to that kind of misogynistic thing where actually if you don't adore women, the men who are best in bed are the ones who adore. fucking love oh women. And they're gosh. just like, the vagina is amazing. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're a queen. And yeah, yeah. The, you will have the best sex with those ones because yeah. they want to be all over your body. Yeah, they love yeah. it. But the ones who are a bit kind of disdainful about women and oh, I don't eat pussy and whatever, then there's okay. no way they're going to be good in mm. bed. And I think sometimes we're like, oh, he's got devil dick. Um, but actually, has he? Mm. Has he? Or has he just got a kind of nice dick and he comes round and he's like, looks really good when he's fucking you. But what are you getting <laughs> out, out of, of that? Yeah. And and even like the guys that, that tend to like worship women have have experienced a lot of women. And I think for some women, that's very off-putting mm. because they're like, oh, but 
he's told me that he's, he's been with all these women and, and, and blah, blah, blah. So am I just another woman? But I'm just like, he will pay so much attention to you. Mm. You will think that he's never had sex before in his life. Yeah. Like you're his his first. Like it's 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 very different to just having sex with a guy that's that's just like, man, I want to get my dick wet. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah, it's very. It's I've been there. It's very fucking yeah. different. <laughs> oh god, it's very fucking different. Um, and I've said it before. Um, have I said it on this this pod actually? Funny story. There was this guy that I had sex with when I was in uni. Um, he was a year below me and he was very much like, he was a road, he was a road one. Even now, <laughs> when I look at his like Instagram now, I'm just like, you haven't actually changed. You've just got deeper into this road. <laughs> Lubes oh, up. Kind of, depressing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very sad. But I remember we had had sex. <laughs> we had sex. He had sex. I was there. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> he literally finished. I don't think I came or anything. Maybe the odd moan. And even then I'm just like, did I mean those moans? Or was mm. I just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's great. Sometimes you just do it inadvertently, Literally, don't you? Yeah. Um, and then he finished, he got dressed. And then whilst I'm still there, he's called his boy. And I was just like, fam, you know that girl that I told you about while I'm there? That girl, yeah, Georgette. I just beat her still. <gasps> Any man who says the word beat, you know he's going to be shit in bed. And I was literally there, like, I'm still here. Wow. I'm, 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 I'm literally, I'm literally right here. So disrespectful. So disrespectful. So when I think about like those experiences, and I'm just yeah. like, never again in my like, he's he's the king of the fuckboys, man. Mm. Um, never in my life. But even that, I've, I do feel like other women have been through similar but it's also just so childish like can you imagine yeah. what would be going through your head to to, to ring your mate and go yeah i yeah. just beat blah blah like you might send her a little text oh my god yeah. I just have sex, <laughs> sex with him. um but, like, but not to shame him yeah. or to to show off about yeah. it and like that's... that was that was definitely that was just a weird moment i was just like very weird really? i was like all right i'll never do do that again yeah um but yeah, I think beat is a really bad sign. If a guy that I was talking to referred to sex as beating, beat. I would be like, it's not What's happening. What's the word that I hate? Pamming. Pamming? I've heard that a few times and I'm just like... I kept, on your Savage Dan podcast, he kept talking about his macking. Macking? Where does macking come from? What's it referred to? I was thinking, what's a mac? Apple I've, mac? Mac I've and cheese? <laughs> Which mac? The best kind of mac. A mac raincoat? Like... Um, yeah, like I, I hate the word pamming. I've never heard that one. Chopping. Some people say. Oh chopping. yeah. Did you chop? Yeah. I'm just like, what does it mean? Yeah. Just say, did you fuck? Like. Yeah. Did you bang though? <laughs> um, yeah. Are we in 2005? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beats the worst one though. Or like, you know, it's the way they talk about it as well. Like, I destroyed her pussy. Yeah. I'm a bit like, I don't want my pussy destroyed. <laughs> Like, please leave it intact. Thank you. I, like, I still have to live with it. Like. Yeah, like, I, that's not what, like, I know, obviously, like, I, I do quite like rough sex, but yeah. I, I also don't, you know, when they're just like, I destroyed her womb. That makes the nah, thought, like, man. I just start thinking, fuck, like, that's leave gonna be womb really alone. painful. Like, <laughs> I just start thinking alone, yeah. of blood pouring out everywhere. Oh. And, like, <laughs> doesn't give me good, like, sexy images. I, I actually want you to be like, I'm gonna tickle your clit. Like, you know? <laughs> I'm gonna make it all um, tingly, not destroy it. I, I think it depends. Like, I do like being a bit of a submissive. Mm, no, actually, 
I feel like I can switch. Um, but I I do enjoy rough sex. So like if a guy's just like, I'm gonna finish you, then I'm just like, oh. Yeah, see, finish is quite finish. good. I quite like finish because okay. it doesn't give me any visual Im- imagery. <laughs> just makes me feel like I'll be done. Like, yeah. Rather than yeah. my whole mutilated vagina is gonna be like fucking hanging open, like with a big hole, yeah. like, you know, where, I don't know. It just, that kind of doesn't, doesn't do it, do, it just yeah, doesn't do it for no, me. And no. I'm not judging anyone who it do, does do it for, but it's just that kind of terminology makes me feel like, oh, not enough. <laughs> that's not what I want. Yeah, like, for real. Um, oh yeah, can I ask, when you were celibate, mm. what was it like? Like, how long were you celibate for? It was, uh, so, it was almost two years. It was like 18 months. Yeah. Um, and at first, it was really... At first, because I never put anything on it where I was like, right, you, this is your time limit, or yeah. you're waiting till marriage, or I was very much like, okay, if the right person comes along, I'm really yeah. happy to break my celibacy, but I'm not going to go back to old patterns of thinking like, I've been out on a Saturday night, let me call this link or that link, or, you know, I'd have people in my phone book who I'd, linked on and off for years who would be available booty calls like male friends or whatever so that would always like be my pattern i'd always be seeing someone even if i wasn't Mm -hmm. in a relationship i'd always be seeing someone or have people or a person so i was like so initially i needed it i was just like i need i just need the clarity that's going to come with having no men around at all. Yeah. I don't want to be on any dating apps. I don't want to be talking to any men. I need to separate myself from from men and I need to figure out who I am without them telling me who I should be yeah. or without them. We, we, I need to know what it feels like to love myself because I think every time I was calling a man for a link or whatever, it was very much like, I need to be told that I'm hot. I need to be told mm. that I've got a nice pussy. I need to be told that I've got great t- You know, like I don't, I needed to not need that anymore. So that is what celibacy gave me. And uh, so, yeah, I think initially, like the first like three or four months, I found it a bit difficult. Like if I was going out for a drink or whatever, and then I'd come home and my house was empty and my son would be at his dad's and I'm drunk and I'm like, I want, you know, what yeah, do I do now? Yeah. Like all my friends are going, or not, not even come home. That would be the point that I found it the most difficult was like, my friends would all be going back to their boyfriends or their links or whatever at the end of a night out. Mm. And then I'd be like, I'm gonna go home on my own. And and I think it was a lot of times that I'd be linking people for that avoidance of having to go home on my own. Um, So so yeah, so so I got through that and then it gave me this like power. It suddenly reminded me of how I was just like, actually, I think once I broke about four or five months, I was just like, I'd get horny and I would consider contacting people and then always do that thing of like play with myself calm and then then it's like i don't want to anymore but it gave me this kind of power of just thinking oh actually i'm so pure now and really clean i haven't got any sexually transmitted infections and not that cleanliness and (coughs) sexually transmitted infections are like you you can be clean and Um, have sexually transmitted infections but um but yeah so so it was for me it was like i can't just let any old tom dick and harry around here now like has to be someone who's really i i need to know that it's going to be someone who's going to first of all i'm going to have amazing sex yeah for real and that i'm not going to i've suddenly developed this kind of kind of massive fear of herpes um because i get so many messages about it like 
an unbelievable amount of my followers have got herpes. Oh my god! An unbelievable amount of women. I mean, it's one in four. Yeah. And herpes, you can live with. It's fine. You know, you can. But it's a virus that's never going to go away, and there shouldn't be stigma around it because so many people have got it as well. It shouldn't be. If somebody came to me and said I have had herpes, I would be like, cool, fine. You need to protect me and make sure that I, you know, guy that I was sleeping with, that I can be safe um, because it can't. It was very unlikely to be transmitted if they're not having an outbreak at the time. So, um, so there are ways to have safe sex without herpes. So if you have herpes, you shouldn't be freaking out about it and feeling like I can never have a sex life again. You can, but I don't want to catch it, and I especially don't want to catch. if I'm gonna catch it, it'll be with the man that I'm gonna marry or somebody who I'm really taking seriously in a long-term relationship. So now I've kind of got this thing in my head of like, actually, I would be so fucked off if I just called somebody for a link on a night when I was lonely and that's what ended up happening. I'd be so angry with myself. So I've kind of like, I don't know if that's, because yeah, I mean, I broke my celibacy in the summer but I kind of just still not having sex really. Okay. Even though I wouldn't class myself as celibate now because, well, I guess I am, but it's more kind of, yeah, I'm not, I've, I think I, I think I need to let go of that a little bit. I think I need to start being a bit more like, okay, let go of this thing of, of sexually transmitted infection. Yeah. I think the page has kind of done that to me a bit because I'm getting so many messages mm. from so many women. And I look at these women, I'm like, the guys that I fuck with would definitely be fucking well, yeah. with you. So I, I, you know, so that means the guys that I am fucking with have definitely also got herpes, yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> so yeah, so I need to maybe let go of that paranoia a little bit, but I, I feel so much more in control. Yeah. I don't feel desperate for a man in any way. I feel like I know I can completely make myself feel fantastic. I feel really, great and i'm totally happy being single and i don't need dick but i am getting to the stage a bit like kind of want some kind of want it yeah kind of want but i think even that is there's a big difference between feeling like you need it and just being like i just want it yeah like yeah and i i do think like that's a lot better because i'm just like any dick that i i get is just because i want it yeah um and not to fill this void of, oh my God, please love me in, exactly in any way that. that you can show, even if it just means that you're gonna come, you're gonna give me shit sex. Yeah. And you're gonna go for that 20 minutes, I'm gonna feel so connected to you. Like yeah. it's, it's definitely not that. Yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah I, exactly that. And I, I would never be in that situation again. And I will never be in a situation again where I have shit sex that doesn't benefit me. And because too many times I've just thought, you know, what, I'm not even going to bother. I am just going to fake it and, until I make it, you know, yeah. because that's going to hurt his ego. It's, and because yeah. actually I just want him to stop now at this yeah. point. It's a bit sore, a bit of friction. Yeah. I'm not wet anymore. Like just, and if I don't go, oh, yeah, yeah, they're not going to come. Yeah. They're going to keep banging going, away. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I'm never going to allow myself to be in that situation again. And I think oh. the celibacy was really powerful for that. But I think also starting the page has kind of messed with my sex and my love life. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, because of the herpes thing, um, mainly. But also because I feel like it's really important for me now to actually follow my own advice. I can't be out there saying to women, don't get led down this path, don't do that, behave in this way. I can't do that while I'm also secretly at home getting fucked over by by men. And if I do get fucked over by men, I'm gonna tell you a lot about it and I'm gonna tell you how to avoid it. But I think I have to really practice what I preach now and practicing what I preach means that pretty much every man I speak to, I'm having to cut him off fairly early because there's a lot of behaviors that I just will not tolerate anymore. I will not tolerate you asking me what knickers I'm wearing when we've only been talking for oh my five gosh. messages on fucking Tinder or whatever. Not that I'm on Tinder, but yeah. 
you know, like don't, <gasps> don't ask me about sexual stuff. Like we can get there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm freaky. I will have great sex with you and I will have these conversations with you, but in time, yeah. you haven't even asked me what degree I did <laughs> or like, like What's let's What's your favorite color? Like, yeah. no, for real. And things like that, I, I hate or, or like, if it's like half eight, in the morning and I'm trying to get ready for work and maybe we're going back and forth and we're messaging and I'm like, oh, look, I can't wait to get to work and get a nice baguette. Ah, like, oh, should I tell you like another, like a good baguette that I've got? I'm just like, <laughs> bruh, I haven't even had my breakfast yet. Like, you know what, with some of them, I don't mind a bit of sexual flirt. I like, I quite like sexual flirtation if it's a bit like, are we talking about this or are we talking about that? Like, but when it's overt, like, yeah, you know, I, I when it's just that. like straight off the bat, like, so, you know, do you square? Or, no, I'm not going to talk to you about yeah. this. And then the worst thing is when you're like, um, when, when you shut it down, I did a little thing on my page about it. And, and, and they treat you like, you know, like if you're like, actually, I'm not kind of comfortable with this conversation. Can we pull that back? And, yeah you know, maybe we'll get here at some stage and they're like, oh, someone, someone's on their period or what, are you a virgin? Or, well, sorry, I'm just a very sexual man. I have to, it's like, mm, no. That kind of stuff has to stop, man. Yeah, it's so annoying. Like even the whole like, oh my God, are you on your period? Like yeah. that just took me back to college so much. And I remember, yeah, when I was in, I was in college and I used to wear a lot of baggy clothes because I was like, hey, it's comfortable as fuck. And I just, that was just my thing. And um, there was a time where I was in college and like the boys were bantering me so much. Like, oh, like you're always in the, da-da. and they were going on and on. And I was like, I'm on my fucking period. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. Like, I was like, you can't you can't get onto chicks with, with the way that their mood is when yeah. you're on their period. Cause you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. in that moment, I was like, I don't even want to wear clothes right now, but I have to because it's not appropriate and I have to come to college. <laughs> I'm wearing tracksuits because I'm bleeding and it's I'm, I'm in pain. But even things like that, like I don't feel like I should even yeah joke well it's disrespectful yeah it's disrespectful man. because it's just like you're not you're what you're basically saying is that i am completely unable to have any view or opinion on that and if i do it's because i'm just an unreasonable yeah. moody woman yeah, yeah. um and, and and that that kind of thing really pisses me off but yeah it is that whole kind of thing of oh you're a bit childish aren't you like no don't make me feel away because i don't yeah. want to talk about your dick on the third conversation we've ever had like, and we've never anything, even met before i'm 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 the adult here yeah. like you're extremely childish uh, it's, it's the ones who you've never met before that, that it bothers me the most because i will talk about your dick after we've met like if if so if you've matched online or whatever uh, for me i'm very i've been on lots of dates where i have thought oh i like this guy's really hot blah, blah, blah. Mm. gone out on the date and then realized there is no chemistry here i don't yeah, fancy you. you're a bit weird or you give me the ick or whatever so i now do not want to ever be in a situation where i have I go on a date with somebody who makes me feel like that and we've already spent two weeks talking yeah. about how great the sex is going to be. No. Well, let's talk about it after we've met and I've established that you and me are definitely going to yeah. fuck at some point. Yeah. Like, Which is also the worst, I will say, if if I've like found someone crazy attractive and I'm like, oh my God, like, and, and I think we're going to get on so well, then we meet and I'm just like, this is Oh, it's dry. so disappointing, isn't it? I'm just like, how? Yeah. You have everything else but, but a personality. Like, like yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it's that's so that's annoying. It's very sad. But sometimes they're not even dry. Sometimes it's just kind of like, just like, uh, it's happened to me quite a few times where I've been on dates and they've just been like, there was one guy who's an actor and he took me to some 
do you know that restaurant? <laughs> so we basically went for this date. We've been speaking for a little while mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, come, um, I live in Shoreditch, so you might as well meet me because I live yeah. in like some boring s suburb ends of like, you know, yeah. um, of London. So yeah, so he was like, meet me. Cause I'm like, cool, there's loads of restaurants around there that yeah. we'll, we'll have our pick of places. And so I picked him up in a cab outside his and he, so, so I'd left it down to him to decide where we were gonna go. And he jumps in the cab and he's like, driver, I know the best place, Garfunkel's Leicester Square. I was like, Garfunkel's <laughs> Leicester Square. It's like, <laughs> Garfunkels. Are you, are you five? Like, <laughs> Garfunkels. We're in Shoreditch. Why are we going to get a cab to Garfunkels Leicester Square? Anyway, so okay. I was like, can we stay around here? Like, yeah. So then he was like, I do know somewhere quite good. Uh, and then we, he took me to the best mangal kebab shop next to Aquarium. You know, in Shoreditch, oh opposite the fire station. Yeah. Yeah, There's that I kebab shop exactly that everyone goes to yeah. <laughs> at the end of a night out. Well, he took me to there. I didn't even know there were seats at the back. And there was. <laughs> And uh, so, so we sit down in this restaurant and there's like this mirror behind us and he's sitting facing the mirror, facing me, but like facing yeah. the mirror. And the entire time- He's looking at himself. He's literally like, he, he couldn't take his eyes off himself. It was very occasionally he would look at me and he was an actor and throughout the entire fucking meal, it, he kept breaking into monologues. Oh, shut up. But it was like really <laughs> uncomfortable ones where he'd pretend to be like a Southern woman and he'd sit there and he'd do some big speech like, hey honey, that day when my man touched me like that. And I was sitting there like, what How? What do you do in this um, situation? <laughs> like, do I play along? Like, I was just sat there like, waiting for the model and they'd go on for like five minutes sometimes then he'd swing into being like hello all right mate and i was just like i can't oh. i just i don't know how you act to this like yeah all right you're an actor great but like I, I i just because i'm you know rubbish rubbish men don't go on dates and start cleaning up the whole fucking <laughs> like just don't don't need to be an actor right now like it needs to stop um, yeah, so that oh, was a shit date. But you, so, so you never know, you can be speaking to someone, it can be going really well, yeah. and you can go on a date with them and they're like a fucking massive dick. Yeah. So, so yeah, so don't talk about sex too early, I don't think, yeah, because no. I'm glad I didn't speak about sex with yeah, him because, yeah, oh, mo I, monologues all fucking yeah. day. Even like during sex, that would be awkward. But you know, even with him, he, he was one, I've written about him in my blog. This is like, it makes me so sad because so we went on this date and I ended up like drinking loads <laughs> just to get over the fact yeah. that I was on this date with this weirdo. And he told me he was like six foot or something. And when he picked me up, I was in a bit of shock because he was really quite short and he was badly dressed. Like I think he thought he was some kind of gangster. He was wearing this long beige button up Love kind it. of like yeah. Tony Montana kind of coat. And uh, yeah, and then after that date, we, in Best Mangal, he was like, let's go for some dessert or something. So we went for some dessert and then he tried to kiss me and I was like, oh no, no, no. And yeah. he was like, do you think I wanted to kiss you? Do you think you're Beyonce? And I was like, Oh, no, no, he didn't do that. Yeah, he did. But anyway, still, despite that, at that point, I mean, there's so many points that I should have walked. Yeah. So many points that I should have walked. And I was a weed smoker at the time. And he was like, oh, do you want to come back to mine and smoke a spliff or something like that? So, uh, or I think actually it was more than that. It was something like come back to mine and call a cab from mine or something. Yeah. I was very yeah. drunk either way. So he invites me back to his and I thought he lived by himself. And then when we got to his, he was like, shh. And I was wearing these Kurt Geiger thigh high boots that. they were worth about Love 220 that. pounds and uh and he he was like Shh, if you're gonna come in you've got to leave your um boots on my on my balcony he lived on an estate like in just in shoreditch yeah. i'm not leaving my 220 pound boots on your I'm just on the outside bal balcony oh, like crazy. which is shared by everyone and then i still went in the house which turned out he lived with his mum 
and uh, and they sat on his bed and ended up like while I was waiting for the cab, letting him start to touch me. Yeah. And I remember feeling really just like, I don't know what was wrong with me at the time. And I got in the cab after when I was leaving and I remember this song came on and it was a song that I'd known when I was a child and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed in the cab because despite the fact that this guy was just so awful throughout the whole entire day, I'd still found myself not wanting to go home at the end of it and wanting to go back with him and have him touch Mm -hmm. me when I didn't even really want him to touch me. Like I've, I've been through that where I almost felt like if a guy took me out and did all of this stuff, I kind of had to let mm. him touch a tear or kiss me or, or or do something like almost like that was his reward. Almost, yeah. it, it's, it's very almost very like weird. you feel bad for like yeah not doing, for not doing it. Know, but I don't know what was going through my head, and I felt that that was when I was in the process of coming to the ends of this point. That, but yeah. it was just like in this cab, I just I I hated myself so much, and I felt so so ashamed of what i just done and so like why did i give him my why, why did yeah. i do that yeah. like um and i couldn't there was no answers mm. there's no answers of what why you know and at that time i didn't really fully understand why well because you've just been taught that men are in control of your yeah. body and whatever yeah. they want is what they is, get. is yeah. what they get and you have to continually please them because mm. if they don't like you and they don't want you then you're nothing That's you so know and i've i've come through that but you know i still feel sometimes really sad for the girl that I was and same I wish I could go back and this is what I always say to people is like go back to remember your three-year-old self remember your to honor her because you're still her yeah. all the fucked up shit that we've gone through doesn't change that little girl that came into this world is a pure soul who was full of light and yeah. love and energy and yeah, then yeah. all these little things happen to kind of fuck us up but we can unfuck ourselves and we can go back and we can honor her and say actually i want for you i i want for myself what i wanted for you and yeah. what, you know you had an abundance of possibilities and just because i you know haven't always done that well at, at honoring her i you you can always go back to doing it yeah 100%. as long as you forgive yourself and you yeah. understand why oh you did God. those things and forgiving yourself is yeah. A huge, a huge thing. Like I I can pinpoint the time where I was just like, if a guy takes me out, I'm not gonna let him do X, Y, Z if I'm not on it. Mm. And there was this guy who we we had dated um when I was in college. Um and it was a crazy story actually, because we we had dated for a bit, um, but I hadn't had sex since I was very much still a virgin and he was always trying it and I was like, no, I don't have sex with you. Because something in my mind was like, you you don't want him to be your first. So I was mm. like, nah, 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 nah. Um, and then he got back in contact with me and it's like, with him, right, the mind games that he played with me were so slick because I fell for it every single time. Like he'd go on holiday and then call me and then I'd be like, well, he must care about me because he's calling me from another country. Like, like, it's not even a big fucking deal. (laughs) Um, So we got back in in contact a few years ago. He's like, oh, you know what? I haven't seen you. Let's go. I said, yeah, cool, fine. So he's picked me up and we've literally gone for dessert. As in, all I got was apple crumble and custard. He got something. He got a cocktail. I think I had water because I was like, eh, whatever. He's dropped me back. He parks up. And we're chatting and I can see where he's trying to take the conversation. And he leans in for a kiss. And I was just like, you think crumble and custard is going to 
make me want to kiss you. I was just like, are you crazy? Like, no way. He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. And like, literally in that moment, I was just like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. I literally got out, out of the car. I was just like, the crumble was great. Your company, eh, but thanks, innit? Well and, done. And I left and I was just like, yay me. Like, are you, are you kidding? Like, my pussy is worth so much more than crumble and custard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> How dare you? But if he'd put a bit of whipped cream on top, yeah, then maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, it's good are, to have those moments where yeah, you just know your worth, and, and I so know it now. And I, I just, you know, I probably went through periods in my life where I knew it, but I just didn't know it enough. Yeah. So yeah, I think now, um, one thing that I'm, I'm having to, I don't deal with is, is the word, but I feel like some people tend to think that if you're a single woman at a certain age and you're not married, you don't have kids, then there's like something wrong with you mm. as to why you've almost not been picked almost. And um, there was a time where I bumped into like a childhood friend and he had gone and got married and I think he had three kids and blah, blah, blah. We're just talking, I've got, I'm not, oh my God, I haven't seen him in ages, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And then this guy's just like, do you have any kids? And I was just like, nah, like not, not, not a single one of them. <laughs> He's like, oh, why? And it's like, in that moment, he made me feel so shit. Cause I knew like in his mind, like it was just like, you're borderline 30. Mm. You haven't settled down. Like almost like what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um. So if I've ever met guys that are like, oh my God, like you're, you're attractive and you do this and blah, blah, blah. Why, why are you single? My response is, oh, I'm batshit crazy. <laughs> and I'm not, but, but, yeah, but it's, really it's such a, a weird question. Yeah. But that's a terribly defensive, like, that's like, don't, yeah. You're then undermining yourself to say like, the only re- reason that a woman might Would not- be, yeah, that's very true actually. Is that she's completely mental. Yeah. And actually, that, that again, it goes back to what I talked about at the beginning, which is this whole thing that actually, in order to survive, I mean, there was no such thing as contraception back in the day, in our grandparents' day. Yeah. Even in our parents' Pe- day, just actually it was like the 70s or something yeah. that it was coming out. So so there was no such thing as as, as contraception. And um, so if you were having sex, you were highly likely to get pregnant. pregnant yeah. um, and there was also social constructs, um, religion and all of that stuff that meant that if you were gonna get pregnant, you absolutely had to be in a marriage. Yeah. Um, and and so if you wanted to have sex and if you wanted to have, as a woman, a, an ability to to live a normal life, you had to be married and, and, and you had to have, well, you didn't have to have children necessarily because there were still fertility issues and stuff, yeah. but that was the norm, that was, that was how it was. And and it's it's really ridiculous that those notions from like 1879 are still impacting people nah, in 20, yeah. 2019. Mm-hmm. And I think we really need to step away from that because actually it's absolutely fair to not have children. The same, we shouldn't look, the genders thing shouldn't be any different. Like if you look at a 30 year old man, yeah, I like suppose the reason that like... we look at them differently is because it's like, well, you've got the rest of your life. You can decide when you're 75 to have your first yeah. kid, your sperm, are probably going to create a rather, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. know how what the quality is going to be like, but you can still have kids at seventy five, whereas we have to really have done it by forty five. Mm. Um, otherwise, you know, it's kind of unlikely to happen, depending on when you're going to go through yeah. the menopause. So yes, we do have a time limit on it, but actually, children aren't the be all and end all yeah. of everything. Like 
there are so many pros and cons to both sides and actually for the survival of the planet it's probably best that quite a lot more people choose not to have yeah. children like not yeah, getting I mean, at anyone for having children yeah. but but like like even um i don't think there's anything crazy about a woman choosing to be single Absolutely like not. it's it's not a case of oh my god she isn't with anyone because no one's picked her and actually thinking you know what she probably just doesn't want to be. Well, she hasn't picked them. anyone. And yeah. I think that's I think we've got to spin that around on its head because we're not these passive, you know, again, it goes back to the, to the way that we were always meant to be passive little women Docile who couldn't very. say anything. Yeah. And you know that alpha males come along and they get us and yeah. you know, um, and actually things are changing. Yeah. And feminism is responsible for that, but lots of other things are responsible for that. We are like, you know, we were able to um, stop ourselves getting pregnant. We have the contraceptive pill. We're yeah. able to work by ourselves. We're able to get mortgages by ourselves and vote and all these things that historically we weren't able to do. Um, and and so the world is shifting and those narratives are changing. And so along with that, people have to accept that it's perfectly fine for women to say, I'm cool on my own and yeah. I'm only going to get into a relationship that benefits me yeah. because that narrative is what caused me to go through my whole life going, I just need a man because without one, I am nothing. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. And actually I realised that I'm so much better being single than I am with a shit man who, yeah. who actually still makes me feel like nothing. 100%. You know? Who so, acts like he's single? Like Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Honestly. You know, I, I speak to a lot of people who are, I mean, relationships are wonderful if you're in the right one. A partnership is a fantastic thing. Who doesn't want to be in a little team? Who doesn't yeah. want somebody who they can go home to and, and be massively supported and be able to talk about everything and have fantastic sex with? And obviously you're going to argue and obviously you're going to have your ups and downs, but a supportive, wonderful fabulous relationship is great but it's no better than being in a supportive wonderful fabulous relationship with yourself yeah. and being able to come home and go oh this whole bed to myself Mine, yeah, and yeah. you know <laughs> well, there, there are pros and, and cons to both so yes it's great like I'm not saying don't strive to be in a relationship but don't also look at relationships online and think oh girls couple girls because oh, half oh them people gosh. are in my DMs going I don't know where my boyfriend is half the time my boyfriend gave me an ST my boyfriend's talking to other women online. My boyfriend controls everything I do. My boyfriend hits me when he gets angry. Wow. My, you know, or my husband or, yeah. or whatever. So, so where, and I look at some of these people's pages and it's uh, idyllic. It, yeah. You would look at these yeah. relationships and think, wow. Um, and actually behind closed doors, they would be a lot better yeah. off single, both but, of them. And, and even with that, like social media, it's, it's so, it can be so damaging. Mm. Um, it's very easy to to find yourself scrolling to week seventy eight of <laughs> someone's profile, and then being like, "Why the fuck am I still not yeah. on on this profile?" Yeah. And then thinking about every thought that you've had. Oh my god, they've done this. Oh my god, I haven't done that. Oh my mm -hmm. god, they've got this. I don't have like it. It's kind of taught us to compare ourselves against people that we don't even know. Like yeah. it's it's so fucked up. Yeah, because. We, we don't know anyone's situation and I'm I'm not very much, oh my God, hashtag goals. I'm just like, that appears cute. Mm. I have no idea what's going on for the person that's posting this this picture. Like I I would hate for, I would hate for, for anyone to almost look at my profile and be like, oh my God, Georgette's doing this and blah, blah, blah. Cause I'm just like, you have no idea of the fucking struggle yeah. that I go through every, every yeah. fucking day. Like. Like it looks great, but that's 
social media. Yeah. Like, well, you just post your your highlights. Yeah. Don't you? But I've I've never been so content in my life. I'm I'm really. I hated my job, hated it. I was in it for a really long time. It was really getting me down. And I was very unhappy. I left my job in, in September and I'm doing this now, which I'm so happy That's about. So yeah. um, and I'm so content with being single. I'm just, I'm happy with myself. Same. I've never been so content with myself and I've never posted less on my personal Instagram. Oh my God, same actually. Like. If I post something, I'm like forcing myself to post. I'm like, oh God, I haven't posted in, in ages. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me throw something up there. Yeah. Um, but when I, I was out there, like the desperate yeah. for for male attention, or when I was just like really genuinely unhappy, I was posting all the time. Everything. Insta stories yeah. all the time, continuously. I'm not saying that everyone who's posting yeah, is doing yeah, it because they're no, unhappy. Of but the, ref- the I was putting out this like fun life out all the time. Look at me looking hot. Look at me selfie. Woo! Yeah. And I just don't do that anymore. Yeah. And I was much un- more unhappy. And I don't know. It's like what came first, the chicken mm. or the egg? Yeah. Was I unhappy so I was doing that, or was I unhappy because, because I was doing, you were that, doing that? Doing it, and because yeah. then I was waiting for validation from likes and and all of that kind of stuff yeah. I, you know i i don't know but yeah I, I've, I've i've never been happier and all the couples that i know of all the people out of my friends who are in the strongest marriages and relationships you barely see Nothing, them online yeah. barely honestly it's it's definitely something i feel people should should consider like I'm I'm even trying to purposely like just enjoy the moments. Mm. So if I've gone out for for dinner or I'm doing anything nice, I'm just like just be here. Like you don't have to post everything up. Most times, and if anyone does watch my story, I'm in my house mm. and I'm complaining <laughs> yeah. about a level on PlayStation that I can't get past. Like, <laughs> or that's 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 mainly it. Like I I don't go out that much, and even if I do, I'm just like I don't want to share this with all of you. Yeah. Like I just want to enjoy this moment and be like you know what i had a really nice night and and just keep it at that but i think also people can can feel a bit entitled where they have to know what you're doing mm-hmm. um and i felt that the most when i went traveling actually which i know some people are like, oh my god shut up you've, you've been traveling but it was like one of the best experiences oh, of such of it's my so life. enriching and yeah. so important i wish i'd done it um but the issue that i had was people constantly like oh my god like what are you doing blah, blah. and i'm like i just want to enjoy this moment mm. right now and i had that a lot from my family but i know that was out of concern because they just wanted to make sure that i was still alive yeah but sometimes <laughs> like i was just like i just want to switch off it yeah. was so nice to be like i can't even contact anyone if i wanted to because i'm in the middle of india yeah and there's nothing here so um i say all that to say this i think breaks from social media are really needed. Yeah, I agree. I almost feel like I'm coming up to one where I need one myself, but the only thing that I think of is the pod. That's that's what's, that's what's fucking me up. Yeah. Like once you do come into this world and social media be- becomes your, your, your profession, yeah. or like, you know, then how do you do it? Because I, I feel the same. Yeah. I really need a bit of a break. Yeah. I've been arguing with people online, which I don't normally do. And that's like affecting my energy a yeah. bit. I'm biting back if people are doing things. Same. Yeah, for um, real. Like I had a go at someone on my Insta live last night, proper fucking laid into her. And then I thought, actually, that's not, I don't want people to make me feel like this. Yeah. I want to be like fully charged, fully recharged so I can just go, oh, block the haters, block yeah. the trolls. Not that there are that many. I've been really lucky. But um, yeah, I think it, I think it comes to a point where I'm, I'm yeah, I, I think break. all of us yeah. should do it. I think yeah. all of us should do it. I think it starts to consume you. Yeah. 
So I'm literally been thinking, who can I give it to? To be like, all right, can you just post the odd thing here and there? But you know what? I I think the podcast because I I thought, actually, know, because I keep thinking, oh my god, what's going to happen? I'll lose loads of followers or whatever. Like, I I I actually think it's okay. I think it's all right to just set a week and not even announce it. I was planning on doing this big announcement. I am going to go up. It's, it's I'm gonna be okay. I haven't died, everybody. I don't think people will give a shit. Yeah. Like, I'm offline for Honestly, a week. Yeah, yeah. I really don't. And I think that maybe you might lose some, and then you'll come back, and everyone will be like, oh, "We shit, missed yeah. you." Yeah, yeah, that's and, true. And it'll be a different energy, and it, the people that you've lost weren't that important yeah. anyway. They're not the people who are going to be an integral part of your business. Like for me, I know the people that are going to buy my book are the people that are going to stick around. They're not going to disappear if I take a week off social media. And I think yours would be the same. People love what you do. Like the the podcast is, it's a niche thing, isn't it? And once you're into it and you listen to it, like this is a podcast I really like. I don't think you'll lose traction or, you know. I hope not. No. You need it. And I think it will, I think you do come back. Not that I've done it two years. I haven't had one social media break and I need it. But um, but I can imagine that I will come back with a fresher mind, feeling yeah. different about and better about things. Yeah. And I do also want to say, um, but I think this is kind of going off of a conversation that I had with someone um, a month or so ago when I had done like a live panel. Um, just because I have a podcast, I still very much work full time. Like, mm. so I... I don't want anyone to think, oh my God, she's probably having this great life. She lives in this great apartment and she gets, she has like, things are good. Don't get me wrong, but I, I still have a nine to five. I still have bills yeah. to pay. Like none of that stops. Yeah. Could you have a podcast? Like it's. Well, I, I left my nine to five because I couldn't, the two were not. Yeah. It wasn't possible to do the two together and I couldn't start a podcast or anything. I couldn't yeah. have my voice out there because I'd be speaking to clients. I used to do the Friday Insta Live and I wouldn't save it because if you heard my voice maybe for an hour on a Friday and then I call you on a Monday, like, hello, yeah. I need to talk to you about domestic violence. Yeah. You're going to be like, what the fuck? I just yeah, had this chick on. Like, yeah, so yeah. I was really paranoid about it. And I thought, you know, I can't, there is no way that I can, t- I can't keep doing both. Mm. First of all, I was up writing blogs till three o'clock in the morning and then going to work, getting up at six. And then I just, you know, I, c- I couldn't sustain it. I had to choose one or the other and I had to choose the one that I loved. Yeah. And luckily I had a bit of savings, but my my savings are dwindling and I need to find like a revenue stream because at the moment it's difficult because people aren't used to, like my followers are fantastic and I adore them, but people aren't used to paying for the things that I'm giving them. So with the people put out blogs for free, people put out Insta Lives, podcasts, people are doing that for free. So people are like, I'm entitled to this. Um, People, and and that's, that's fine. That's the precedent that's been set, but for me, I'm trying to write this book, but even that is not going to be necessarily a, a fantastic revenue stream. So when I put out the blogs or I put out a podcast or I do an Insta Live, I say, if you want to donate via PayPal, even a pound, even if you just yeah. did a pound every week for the lives, if you enjoyed it. And actually not that many people, you know, some people have been very generous, yeah. but I think people are not used to paying for that, that kind of yeah, thing. So they're like, why mm-hmm. am I going to pay for this blog? Even though I loved it and I, it made me feel all these emotions and it changed the way I felt about things. I'm not gonna pay for it because everyone yeah. else gives their blogs yeah, away for free. free. So I'm not gonna last that long yeah. in this. Maybe um, look at, what's it called? Patreon. Yeah. I know, I just, I'm so, do you know what? I'm, I'm a, like, I've worked for other people for, for all my life. I'm so brain dead when it comes to literally anything. Yeah. Setting up an outlook, setting up a calendar. Yeah 
all of these kind of things i'm just like i don't i don't know what i'm doing yeah, i'm like not business minded yeah. whatsoever like I, i'm actually ridiculous like i can do all the creative <laughs> stuff yeah the content yeah. i can do it standing but on my head like but the rest of the stuff yeah. actually sorting my my business out yeah. it's taken me four months to become a limited company yeah, like yeah. what am i doing but i think even you tell me about like like leaving your leaving your job and stuff even for me like that's so inspiring um yeah I was just, I was lucky that I'd saved. Yeah. I was very lucky and, but it won't last forever. Yeah. And actually I don't think people should feel inspired necessarily no. because it's, it's, it's between stability, isn't it? And like, I think I, I've, I've never been happier because I'm in control of my own life and I'm doing something that I love. But at the same time, before I had total security, I had a pension. Yeah. I, if I was sick, okay. I could just yeah. lay in my bed and I could shut off at five o'clock yeah. and I could just go home and lay and watch Netflix and not feel yeah. guilty. With now, I'm constant, it's constant. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm really on my Insta until midnight. Yeah. I, I reply to every fucking DM. You're so good. Um, yeah, like, so but good. I feel like it's kind of a nice, yeah. I don't know, and yeah. the shit that people say to me in my DMs, I feel like I can't just see that and not. And not, yeah, you know? yeah, I hear you. So, unfortunately, we're out of time. Ah. It's literally a minute to, to time's up time. But thank you so much. No problem. I've like, really enjoyed it. Yeah, Can you come on so mine, please? Yeah, thank I'd love you. to. I'd honestly love to. Um, yeah, let people know where they can find you and follow you and, and, and everything. So, I'm Insta at la la la. <laughs> let me explain. I'm sorry for it being so shit and long. Um, my blog is www.lalala, let me explain. And my podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Yep. Just search la la la, let me explain. Also, you have a great voice. Thanks. Every time I listen to you, I'm just like, this voice is amazing. Like, you have a really, really good voice. Thanks. Really good voice. Um, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Also, I'm better because the last episode I was sick and I sounded like shit. So, yes, I'm better. Um, my socials at Coco underscore abroad. Just the tip pod and hashtag JTT pod. And, yeah, thank you again for tuning in. Bye-bye. I know you want to. I know you wanna. I know you wanna. Me, I play. I like to play cheat.